Hello, welcome to our fifth episode of the MAM Club. Today we want to talk about reinvention um, and uh, sort of break it apart so it's not the cliche that you hear, but actually get into some of the guts behind it uh, and even talk about why it's not for everyone and it may not be the right thing for you. A lot of this uh, topic around reinvention does stem from all the things we've been talking about before, certainly around midlife, where uh, you, f- you feel the need for change, where you may feel stagnant. Um, there's a good article by Dan Cadlick, and uh, he says, you reach a turning point in your life when outside forces and inner yearnings combine to convince you that you need a new path to remain vital and relevant which frankly is, is, uh, could be the definition of a midlife crisis and all the things that we've been talking about. But it's also the motivation for a lot of people to talk about reinvention. So what do you think? What do you think of when people talk about reinvention? What pops into your head? I was going to talk about reinventing reinvention, but I felt like that would be setting expectations a little bit too high. I mean, how do you reinvent reinvention? Um, but certainly it's, uh, it's an interesting topic. and. You know, you know, for for me personally, I mean, I'm going to try to come at this uh, kind of more from a personal perspective, and uh, I haven't hit the point yet in my life where, you know, I've thought about reinvention more recently. But certainly, when I look back on my life, I've had several moments of reinvention. I mean, you know, we've you know we kind of framed this show a little bit around people who are in our demographic, kind of our age, where when you're thinking about reinvention, you're kind of thinking about more of a midlife type of thing, some some monumental decision. But I mean, I'm sure if you look back, you know, on your own life, there's different phases uh, that you've had in which you've probably reinvented yourself, you know, a couple of times, maybe, maybe many times. Um, certainly anybody who's had the experience of traveling to another country and staying there for, you know, uh, some amount of time, I mean, you know, more than a week, but likely, you know, uh, setting up kind of a semi, semi-permanent residence there. Um, may have experienced the reinvention of being in a completely different place without all those other expectations in your social network uh, with your friends and your family, you know, where you can just be yourself. I mean, it's kind of of weird to put it that way, be yourself. Um, But you can try on a different identity uh, in a a new culture. Um, So so reinvention doesn't have to be this monumental thing. It's probably something that's, that's, that's familiar and fairly mundane, I guess, depending on how you think about it. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think it's a, I think it's a spectrum. So I think you have something where reinvention can be reinventing a habit. Um, It can be a refresher, it can be a makeover, and it can be a complete teardown and rebuild. Um, And I, and I think it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be any one of those things to be called reinvention. Forget about the name. um, uh, But it, it, it can be very uh, simple or it can be very complex. And I think you're also right in that this isn't a midlife thing. I think a lot of people face this in midlife, but you're absolutely right. You've been many people. We've done this. Uh, people in their 20s and 30s are doing this all all the time. And I, and I think part of it is, you know, is it sort of an evolutionary thing or is it a revolutionary thing? Do you sort of <laughs> That's good. adapt and accept change as it comes, right? So you're reinventing as you go, right? Because First, you're this, and you know, then circumstances change, and now you're something else. And certainly, 
you know, the current pandemic um, has forced people to evolve? Or is it a complete revolution where you change career, change jobs and, uh, and, and do something and do something else? Um, so you're right. Uh, in both cases, it's a spectrum and it's also not a mid midlife thing specifically. Yeah. And, and, and it can be incremental or it can be like a, a, a change in a phase state where, you know, you become just a completely different person, maybe not instantaneously, but, but when the conditions are right, you know, all of a sudden you have a massive reinvention, whatever that means in terms of scale. Um, you know, but it'd be interesting just to think about what the limits of that are. Um, I mean, you know, as a, as a person, I mean, what can I really change about myself? I mean, you know, can I change deep-seated genetic traits? My person, you know, and, and to the extent that my, let's say my personality is hardwired. I mean, am I going to be changing that much stuff? Or or is it better off just thinking about this as, you know, at least somewhat constrained uh, where you've got a sandbox that's you uh, and there's other things that you can do differently. You can, you can And you can do a lot of those things at once, change a lot of habits at once. Or you can do it incrementally and change one habit at a time. And so, yeah, it, I think it's super helpful to be thinking about it as a spectrum, but probably also something that's constrained so that we just, you know, and I say this more for myself, because if, if I were thinking through the process of reinventing myself, uh, I might expect that somehow I could just become, you know, magically a completely different person. And I don't think that's possible uh, even if it was desirable, I don't think that's possible. Uh, so having realistic expectations will probably, I think that would set me on a better path. Makes sense. Makes sense. And that's, and that's different. Again, I think that that would likely be different where in your case, you're right, is that may not, you know, you may not be able to become a different person. I think there's people out there who could um, change, change things materially enough that they would appear to be different people. And that's the other side of it is you may not feel like a different person, right? But you know, we may look at you and be like, wow, that's a, that guy's completely different. You know, like a few weeks ago and without access to salon services, you shaved your head, <laughs> right? I saw that, yeah, like that was a, I know you weren't a new person, but you sure as heck look like a new person. Um, but that's that's a that's an interesting point here um, about you know you're, you're saying you couldn't become a new person because what bothers me about some of this reinvention stuff is it isn't for everyone like you don't have to reinvent yourself it's not it's you know it's not like the cool thing to do um, <laughs> exactly. you know that, you know there was a while there where uh, you know everyone was 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 coming out because it was now acceptable and it was almost I mean tongue in cheek it was cool to be gay. Um, and and I, it's I know this isn't the same thing. I'm probably offending someone by saying this, but this is you know this isn't the same thing. You don't have to reinvent yourself. Right. Um, there, if 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 you're on a path, then that path is taking you somewhere. Stay on that path. And and this is one of the more difficult decisions to make: is should I stay or should I go? So, wow, <laughs> my role. Um, so much for not making this sound like it's a cliche. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unpack it as twenty other cliches instead. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but but it's uh, but it's a true thing because it's a difficult. Um, it's really it's one of the more difficult things uh, to make a decision around, which is wow, like sh should I persevere? 
Um, or is this one of those things where I should start over and look at doing something else? And, you know, I can give you examples on both sides. You know, Dyson, the guy who made the vacuum cleaners, had 5,127 prototypes. You know, he persevered. That was his thing. He didn't go anywhere else. Yeah, you know, yeah. Rovio, the guys who made Angry Birds, made 51 games before they made Angry Birds. They persevered. And then you have, I know this isn't a person, but I love this example of Nokia, uh, which was a paper company in, in when it was founded in 1871. And then it was a rubber boot company in early 1900s. And then, and then it moved to military radio phones, and then it made cell phones. And now it's changing into something else again. Um, so, I mean, you have stories on, on all sides. Um, and, you know, again, you don't want to boil it down to a simple answer, but if you find something that's your passion, um, you don't necessarily have to change that or change yourself or reinvent. The answer just may be it's tough, but you just got to double down. Yeah. I think uh, that draws the focus to the, to, I think what was probably one of the core issues is, you know, just to repackage what you're saying there, that reinventing yourself, you know, this doesn't need to be a rite of passage, you know, that, you know, you've, you've now achieved exactly. your 45th birthday and like all other 45 year olds, you are now due for your reinvention in which you become a completely different person for the rest of your life. Um, which seems, I mean, it seems absurd on, on, on the face of it, but sometimes people do feel pressure to change. And, mm -hmm. and the reason why it's important, I think, to point that out and it, what, what got me thinking about this was just the Nokia example. And I was thinking about the difference in businesses where they actually fundamentally change their business model versus rebranding, right? Which are two very different kinds of change. Rebranding really focused on the outward change because you may not change your business model at all. You may just change mm -hmm. the way that you want people to think about you, which is right. one kind of reinvention as it were um but the nokia example is kind of cool because they literally reinvented their business on multiple on multiple iterations they were still in the same ballpark i mean from military phones to you know general retail type devices um that were indestructible everybody knows what was that what was the do you remember the nokia model that nokia model oh shoot i should i oh. should but i don't Anyway, a friend of mine had one of the, one of those, and, and he just refused to upgrade his phone because it was just. He said it was just the best phone. It always worked. He could drop it. He dropped it in water. He dropped. I mean, this this this, this thing kept going. Anyways, I digress. Um, thirty three ten. The thirty three ten. Yeah, just unbelievable. Um, see, and when you're built that well, you don't need to reinvent yourself. Um, so Nokia stuck with that product <laughs> for a while. Uh, but it, sorry. But, but just to get back to that point, I, I, I think it's it's kind of interesting when you think about, again, this, the, you know, what motivates change. And again, I'm still stuck on this business analogy. You know, rebranding might be a way of getting yourself to be more appealing to more people, right? I mean, that's why businesses do it. It's a, it's a marketing play. Um, but changing your business model is responding to changes in your environment in a way where you're, you know, you're, you're trying to survive in some sense as a business, which is why you need to, you know, either find new markets or, or, you know, expand your market share by by offering new products and reinventing your company in, in, in that sort of way. And I don't want to kind of tax this metaphor too much because all of a sudden, you know, you, you know, this is a personal thing when you're talking about change. But what I want to draw out is the the difference here between what fundamental change and and superficial change, both of which are legitimate at different points in time. I mean, I'm not here to judge anybody about the kind of change that they want. Um, but the fundamental change kind of poses an interesting question, which is, you know, why are you changing? What, why do you That's feel right. the need to change? Is it, is, is it really about survival in some sense? Or uh, is, is it, I mean, let's just open the question up. I mean, you know, what would motivate change in the first place, whatever, at whatever scale? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I th and I think you you certainly hit on the necessity. So uh, you know, reinventing yourself through necessity um, is has been there throughout our lives. Uh, many people right now are experiencing it um, real time as we speak. Right? Um, they've the way the world existed isn't the way it exists today, and you have to reinvent. So, right. um, so absolutely, uh, that is one side of it. There's another side of it, which is probably a little bit more. Um, a little bit more complicated. And there's a, uh, a Chip Conley, who has a book called Wisdom at Work, has said this. He said, the, the first half of our life is about being interesting. And then the second half of our life is about being interested, um, which is an interesting, damn, that was an alliteration, <laughs> uh, which, which is a cool way of looking at it. So, so to your question of why, um, I think that's the other side of it is, is uh, maybe the thing that we've been doing isn't the, th the thing that is as, um, as motivating or as inspiring now uh, as it once was. The world has changed, we have changed, and it's, or maybe it was never interesting to begin with. Um, Mark Manson has this uh, um, uh, recent post that he put out that, that, uh, that I really like about identity, um, where your identity uh, you may identify with a particular job or a particular title or something like that, but the question you have to ask yourself is, do you actually like the work behind it? Because maybe it's cool to be running around and saying, you know, I'm, uh, gosh, I don't know, I'm a vice president of finance, I'm a CFO, I'm a CEO, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, in his example, I'm a badass surfer. <laughs> do you actually like it? Right? Do you actually yeah. like the process of doing it? Or is it you know, is day in, day out, is it a horrible slog? Because um, it's okay to step away and say, no, nah, it's it's not about the title. It's not about, you know, back to this thing. It's not about being interesting. It's about what you really want and what you like. Yeah, and a, a related question. Uh, I'm going to give it give this one by way of an example. Um, you know, job change. Uh, so, uh, one of the lessons I learned probably over the last decade, um, uh, and I haven't changed jobs frequently, but I've changed jobs multiple times. My my occupation multiple times in the last ten years, and uh, and I, I, at each point in time, I changed it for different reasons. Uh, and so, you know, I got this, this life lesson out of the process of changing jobs and, uh, and there's kind of two different motivations that you can have. And there's probably way more than this, but you know, two, two basic motivations in my head for changing your job. Uh, one, you're trying to get away from the job that you're in because you can't stand it or two, that you're going towards some other job because, because that job is, is just better. It's an improvement or change in, in, in some other positive way. And, uh, and those are two very different motivations, running from something and running towards something. And, uh, and, Absolutely. The, quote, and the quote from Chip Conley got me thinking about this because, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for, um, especially when you're doing something as fundamental as a job change. Because if you're running away from, some, from, from something, you might not be as discriminating as you should be about where you're going. Right. So, so when you're looking at your own life circumstances and you're thinking about changing something, and again, if it's something mundane, like a habit, like, you know, you want to exercise more or whatever else, and we're not talking about that sort of thing. Cause I mean, you can pick up a new habit, you can drop it, you know, in, in, in a heartbeat. So, so those, those have less significant consequences, but a job change is a fairly significant change in your life. And given, you know, the standard rule that 
when you change your job, you should probably stay in the next job for two years because nobody likes looking at a resume that's got like every six months the person's there. It looks like they're on a on a job carousel, just hopping on and hopping mm-hmm. off whenever they can. And so, so you're you're really talking about a two year commitment every time you change a job. So if you don't, if if you if you're too upset and you some hey listen sometimes you need to get away from the job that you're in because it's just not good for your mental health so this is i'm not discouraging that um but you could possibly end up in a worse place if you aren't discriminating about where you're going and so that's the lesson i think is you know don't just run from Absolutely. things you know you got to run towards something yeah and that's true and and you know we, we we're you're talking about jobs uh and that's a that's a core component of this career but obviously this is true of relationships as well similarly you never um, again, with a caveat of an abusive relationship, um, right. but uh, you know, it, you, you, it's the rebound, right? You you have a bad breakup and you pick up the first person uh, that comes across your path. Also, um, the hi- history tells us that's maybe not the best um, the best way to go. So I think so. I think you're right um, on on the career thing. This is let me let me pick up on that. So one is yeah, changing a job, finding something that aligns more to your. Um, to your morals, to your, to your values, to your quality of life, all of the things that perhaps you had sacrificed in the past, but now you're willing to put first, put yourself first and put those needs first. Yeah. Um, what happens in, or what appears to be happening in a lot of cases is these individuals are moving into entrepreneurship. I mean, you see a lot more uh, of, of the millennials and, and uh, the youth today moving directly into entrepreneurship, which wasn't the case 30, 40 years ago um, to the same extent. But what we're seeing now is those who were um, in big companies in in the corporate world historically are now moving into um, the startup space. So the fastest growing group of new entrepreneurs is aged 55 plus. Uh, which is fascinating. And and most of them are happy. And when asked, why are they doing it? There's a portion of them that are doing it because they got laid off about 15%, according to the AARP survey. But but over 40% are saying they're doing it to pursue their passion. So they've designed that thing that they want, and they're going out and, and doing it. And they're happy. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fantastic. And, and just thinking about the so the process of change. So 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 let me just try to not summarize, but just go over some of the takeaways here. So so change can be big or small. Um, so it's it's a spectrum. There's lots of different ways that you can change. Uh, and uh, does so reinvention doesn't need to be this all or nothing sort of thing. Okay, good. Check. Uh, secondly, um, the motivation for change. You know, why are you changing? Are you running away from something, or are you running? Are you running? towards something and the entrepreneurship example is kind of interesting because in in, in that case 40 percent. i mean that's a pretty solid um subset of people you know they're doing something uh to pursue their passion i mean and and let's be honest i mean you know reinventing yourself or at least reinventing starting a job or starting a, a you know a company sorry you know, at age 50 or 55, again, if it's at a necessity, it makes it a little bit easier to make that sort of decision. But if you're doing it uh, as a, as a choice, you know, you're taking on risk. Uh, and so, um, it's, it's super interesting that people feel so compelled to take on that risk in order to be able to, you know, do something where they get more meaning out of, uh, out of their business activity or, or we're living their life by through, through their business that way. That's right. That's right. It's, um, 
I think it's it, a lot of people describe it as taking control. Um, I think many have felt a little bit out of control, and you can feel that way. You know, when um, when you your if you will your span of authority is is limited um, in a large organization, you may feel like you don't have full control. And entrepreneurship gives you all the control you ever wanted, and then all the stuff you never wanted. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But that's that's just that's part of the deal. So yes, your your recap list is is correct. The change can be big or small. You have to make sure um, you know you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, and we've been talking about career uh, and jobs thus far, but but this spans a lot more than that. So this refers to self care. We talked about that. So reinvention and parts of that can be better self care. That can be sleep hygiene. That can be exercise. That can be diet. Um, the one on my list, uh, actually, I, it, that I just put on was getting up earlier. I with with the pandemic and the quarantine we've had, I've developed some very bad habits and staying up late and sleeping in when I can. And so I'm going to shift that around and, and and be more productive in the mornings. So self care is one. Here's the next one, which is relationships. Mm. Um, and there's this interesting stat I found from Pew Research um, is that. Divorces are becoming less common among couples under 40, but the divorce rate, this is U.S. data, uh, among U.S. adults over 50 has doubled over the past 25 years. And for, and for those over 65, it's tripled. So I would take away from that that reinvention for many of these folks uh, is, uh, is more than just a job or entrepreneurship. It looks at relationships as well. That's super interesting. I, I, I remember seeing statistics like this before, and uh, and the the explanation I'd been given at the time, and I, I have no idea if this is accurate, but I mean, it, it, it's kind of interesting because there's a there is there is a separate trend that goes along with this. Um, so when it comes to marriage, as an example, I mean, so you also have a growing trend of people who just aren't bothering to get married. I mean, who aren't embracing the institution. But that's less interesting. But but it's also an it's interesting alongside of the next observation, which is people are getting married later, uh, much later than they have before in their lives, which is really kind of interesting. Because again, the pet theory around this is that you know if you've had a bit more life experience um, before you commit, um, so you've had the opportunity to explore you know different parts, you know other either other relationships or you know or what have you. Uh, the hypothesis was that people would be would be at less risk of divorcing later on because they would be more satisfied with a you know a life partner that they chosen at the age of let's say 30 or 31 versus a life partner that chosen at the age of 21 or 22 and there is a you know if you look at the date the age at which you know these different demographics get married people who are over 65 likely got married in their early 20s um, right. whereas people in their in their in their 40s probably got married uh, you know late twenties, early thirties is kind of, is kind of the average. And that's, you know, I think, uh, last time I saw the statistics on this, it was something like, you know, age, like, I think it's third between 31 and 33 is the, is the, is the average age at which people are getting married. Don't quote me on mm -hmm. that, but point being is that, is that it feels, it feels right. I mean, anecdotally. Yeah. So it's, it's, so it's a little bit later. And, and so what's interesting about that, um, again, thinking about, um, this idea of reinvention and, and what drives the need for this. Um, if you have, a, I guess, if the theory turns out to be true, if you have a bit more time to explore and kind of reinvent yourself before the great 
commitment, you know, the, the, the you're diving into diving into marriage, um, you may have less of a desire later on to, you know, to divorce and and get out of your current relationship, right? Uh, and and this for me, I, I keep getting stuck in this idea that, you know, what you know, what's motivating the change in the first place? Are you running away from something? Are you dissatisfied? Like a 65 year old who's been unhappy in their relationship most of their lives. And so they decide to, to divorce later on in life. Um, or are you pursuing something? You're, are you bringing something into your life or you're pursuing a new goal? Not because you're unhappy with where you're at, but just because you want to try something different or try something new. Uh, and, and it's, and what's interesting about that is if you're to try to unpack change as a process of some sort, and you know, I know you've got some thoughts on this as well. Uh, you know, the first step is, you know, kind of exploring the motivation. Uh, and, you know, there's a difference between, you know, for example, goal setting for me is a positive process in which, you know, you have goals, your goals may change in life, but, but the way a goal functions in your life is, is kind of interesting. It, you know, it gives you, it gives you a long range target that you, that you can then start to plan towards. Again, you're not committed to it. I mean, obviously you have a better chance of attaining your goal if you do, if you stay committed to it, but you mm-hmm. can change your, you can change your mind, of course. Um, and goals will anchor change in a way that's very different than let's say trying to avoid pain or, or discomfort in your life, you know, based on your current life circumstances, whether you're in an unhappy relationship or whether you're unhappy with your job or whatnot, you can change away from that, but you're not guaranteed to move into a better position unless of course you have goals at the same time. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly the motivation is, is, um, and you're starting to move into sort of, how do you, how do you do this? Um, and so there's a couple of things I want to talk about that, but then absolutely I want to talk about that because you're very right. When you talk about the how of reinvention, you have to have that, uh, you have to have that goal, that thing you're running towards, um, that helps you measure how you're, how you're doing. And ultimately uh, should be the thing that will will make you will make you happy. But you you asked an interesting question about why why people divorce, and there's there's a there's a theory on that. So there's a lot of research has been done on how people change between age zero and eighteen, uh, and obviously it's a massive time of change, um, and it's been very interesting to study. But we don't stop changing at age eighteen; we continue to change for the rest of our lives um, and change age mature develop but change so Mm -hmm. the idea that you know especially as you pointed out for those who got married early the people that they met in their 20s are not the people that they're living with today in their 50s that is yeah that's a good point that's a yeah absolutely and you've made you know if you both make concessions um that's going to work out well but it's perfectly um plausible uh and 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 i'm saying this because i you know I, i don't want people to think that it's their fault necessarily or that they they messed up somewhere it's just possible that you've grown apart um and certainly research would point to the fact that we change enough to, to justify that kind of that kind of outcome so yeah um early uh people who got married early maybe finding you know that this this isn't necessarily the same person or isn't working for them the same way but moving on to uh, into so the sort of the the what to do because I think that's um, that's a probably one of the more important parts of this conversation. Um, and you, the first part is obviously to start uh, with yourself. There may be a part in all of this where you just don't know that idea of the goal. What am I 
what am I striving towards? What is it that I want to get to? You, you may not be able to sit and define that right now and write it down and say, here it is. If you can do it, terrific. And you may be one of the lucky few. If you can't, that's okay. Um, but if you can't, you're also going to have to do something very, very difficult, which is to let go of maybe what you are, what you think you are, and enter a state where you're, you don't know yet. Um, and that's actually really hard where we begin to, where we, where we consciously accept the fact that we may, we, we're losing part of our identity. You know, I was always, um, you know, the guy who did this, this, and this, right? And now I'm not. And so who am I? Um, but if you're, if you're trying to find yourself and reinvent yourself, you may need a period where you don't know. So that's part one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard as hell. Um, but where you wake up in the morning, you're like, who am I? Like that is a hard thing to do, uh, but that's part of the process. So that's, that's the first thing. The second one is, is as you begin to define that better, you, you define it. Uh, and again, you, you're going to require some in, intestinal fortitude here y- where you decide you are now this new person, um, but the world hasn't adapted, hasn't seen you as that yet, right? So, uh, you know, the, the guy who, used to do IT support is now running a restaurant. Like that's just a hard thing to, to accept. And people I'm sure would drop by and be like, well, oh, I bet you the IT systems are super in that restaurant. <laughs> um, but that's shallow. And, and well, let's, just, let's use some, some real examples. So I have a friend who was a management consultant. We might've mentioned him before, Daniel. And he decided uh, that he was going to go back to med school um, at age 30 six, I want to say mid to late thirties, he decided he's going to go back to school and start all over again. And, and keep in mind like med school, you know, it's like a five to 10 year commitment by the time you're done. Uh, and a full fledged doctor, depending on what you're going to do. So that's a big deal, but that's what it was. So, um, there's another friend of mine that went back and became an engineer, um, at age also in their mid thirties, ending up in, in their mid forties. Um, uh, I have two colleagues, and this is interesting, who have made a big switch. One has been in a not-for-profit. Uh, he's in his late 40s, his whole life incredible. And he's looking at moving to the corporate side now. He's like, well, look, I spent all my life, you know, not making the money I could. Uh, and he is an excellent leader. Um, and looking at all these people around me and, you know, trying to do good, I'm like, and he says, well, I, I just want to try the other side now. I want to see what it's like just to, you know, make a lot of money and maybe not do as much good. <laughs> and at the same time, as he's saying this, he has people coming to him wanting to be on the board of directors of his foundations from the corporate side who have been laid off or, or, or are looking for a change saying, and they're saying, I've been in corporate my whole life and I want to do something good. And they're switching over. So um, these are all valid i know these were all in this case career examples but uh, but you 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 can see it happens on on all sides um so step one is you know figure out what that's going to be for you and that can take maybe some experimentation and then as you said you know figure out what those uh what those goals are going to be what it is that you're ultimately going after yeah i i think those examples uh, are striking and the first thing that 
came to mind is especially when you when you talk about uh, the guy with the foundations and the and and kind of the inverse where where his you know some of the corporate colleagues are now looking to get involved with the foundation and he's looking to, to go to the other side and it just made me think you know you know how how much of uh, you know how much of what drives change is uh, again this grass is greener kind of idea that you'd be you'd be happier if um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It, it's, um, but that's, that, that is the path, the unexplored path that needs to be explored. I think that's it. I mean, I, we look for certainty in the world, right? We look for the one thing that, uh, we're all going to find and that's going to be it, but, but it's going to take experimentation and, and some people get lucky and they find that thing quickly. And for others, it is a, um, it's a longer path. It, it I was, um, I was talking to my wife about some of this, about how we make decisions, simple things like car choices. Um, and what I realized is the way that I make a decision is different from the way that she makes decisions. For example, I need to cross off items off my list. So it isn't good enough that you show me a car that meets all my specs. That's, that's good enough for her. Show me, here's my requirements. I found something that meets my requirements, budget features, done. But for me, even if I find that one thing, I'm not done. I need to go through and make sure that there aren't any others on the list. So I'm more of, I, I need to cross items off my list, not add items to my list. That's the way I make decisions. And because of that, and, and I know people uh, like me because of that, you know, there are people who need to go and explore different things. We need to cross items off our list. I tried this, I tried this, and I tried this. And guess what? Where I started was ultimately the best place, but I didn't know that until I had tried all these other things. Right. That's interesting. So, so just to make sure I understand this, so, so how do you know what to put on the list if you didn't, uh, if you don't explore? Well, th that's it. I mean, the, so you have an inkling, um, like all these things are a journey, right? So you're like, well, I, you know, I think, I think, it, you know, I may like, I think I want to learn to play an instrument. So let's go try the piano. Like, ah, oh, that's not fun. That's gonna have a, that doesn't, that doesn't, I'm gonna try a guitar. Ah, my fingers are going to hurt. That's not funny. Then you get your, then, then, you know, I got a drum kit and I'm like, yeah, look at that. I can stick with this and it doesn't feel tiring and it works, but that took three attempts. Right. And, yeah. and back to this thing about, I mean, this is a micro example, but, but back to the same thing. When do you stick with something and when do you make a change? Right. Should I have stuck with the piano to begin with and just be better at it? Or maybe that was never the fit to begin with. Um, now that that's an easy one to, to change and, 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 um, and evolve through. But if those are careers or jobs, that is a much more, that's a bigger and grander undertaking. It's going to take more time for you to find the thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and the same is true in relationships as well, which you, which you mentioned before. And, and I just want to, I just want to emphasize that because I just think it's an excellent way of framing the problem you know whether you stay with something or whether you move on to the next thing you know and, and just figuring out you know what that decision point looks like so certainly you know you know and relationships are kind of an easy one to, to to think about um for anybody who's had more than one relationship you know you've 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 at least had one unsuccessful relationship in your life that's guaranteed right um which is how, the only way you can have multiple relationships and uh and, and it's funny, you know, when you get towards the end of a relationship, um, there's some really interesting things that happen. I mean, and this this question kind of can, can, I mean, uh, you know, again, 
barring some major life-changing event in the relationship where you know like infidelity or whatever else uh it's it's kind of an interesting thing the the ending of a relationship where you know you you may have tried to stick it out for a long time i mean you know and, and there's an interesting question about how long you know how long do you stick it out uh uh but certainly most people don't want to have any regrets and so they'll, they'll i think you know, there are personalities out there where people are just kind of happy to abandon a relationship and move on to the next thing. Um, but certainly if you've stuck it out for a while and, uh, and you just know that it isn't making you happy, you know, you can be a lot more comfortable about moving on. And I wonder if, if, if that becomes kind of an analogy or, or a metaphor for how you think about just change in general. Um, I mean, if, if, if you're trying to turn this into a, let's say a, a decision process and you're trying to figure out, should I stick this out? Should, should, should I stick with this? Or should I move on to the next thing? You know, how do you go through the process of deciding when the time is right? You know, this is one of those things where um, we're actually better at this than, than some other people. And the reason we're better at it, we as middle-aged men is because we've done this before, maybe not in the same way, maybe not, not in, not in this, this exact scenario, but we've, we've done these things. We've gone through changes in our lives and we have much, whether we know it or not, we were much, we're much better at this because we have an, we have somewhat of an intrinsic understanding, sort of this, um, subconsciously learned, if you will, um, understanding of how these things work. And we can start to get a gut feel about this stuff a lot earlier. Like, I don't think it's going to, you know, by your, uh, going back to your relationships, I mean, by your third, fourth, fifth relationship, you don't need six months to a year to figure it out. Um, you can start, you can start figuring this, this stuff out really, really quick. Um, and I think this is true for other things as you begin to explore. And even if you haven't explored before, let's say we're talking in the career space, if you, as you start to explore, you're going to, this is going to come quick. The first one, maybe not so much, but the second much quicker and the third much quicker. And of course, these are all informed decisions to begin with. Um, so I, th I think, I know you're trying to come up with a, with a rule set and there's probably some guiding principles there, but, but I think we're just, we're, we're good at this. We just have to listen to ourselves and, uh, and give ourselves that kind of permission to, to say, no, I I'm leaving, um, or not. There was a, a trend, I guess, about, I don't know how many years ago it was now. I mean, I can't remember. All the years are blending together. Um, but there was where people were making this argument for perseverance. Um, and, and, and there was like developmental psychological studies showing that, you know, kids who you know, were taught persistence tend to perform higher on certain things. And uh, I remember this. I remember this. That's right. Right. Like and, grit, grit. There was a book on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this became kind of the, you know, in the self-help world, this is, this became this, this really important thing. And we have a tendency as a culture uh, to, 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 to search for panaceas, right? You know, the one thing, you know, the, the, that everything, everything can be reduced to one problem, which, which, which necessitates just one cure and it'll solve all of your problems. And so at that point, oh, but I, I, I remember, yes, I remember this, this trend for a while was, was the phrase, it's all about blank. Right. Right. <laughs> it was that, especially the dot com areas. Oh, it's all about users. Oh, it's all about clicks. Oh, it's all about data. Like it's you're right. It's we try to reduce it for to make it simple, but it but it isn't it, exactly. And and then you know, and then lo and behold, you know, you know, some smart person comes along and and 
pushes out and and makes a ton of cash off of a deflationary view of of topic x and with the persistence thing you know there was a whole counter movement around quitting and quitting isn't bad right and in fact quitting <laughs> quitting quitting can be an awesome attribute because you can you can save yourself a crap load of time uh if you quit sooner and don't persist right which poses this the kind of eternal question here which is you know similar to the one of the questions that you that that you raised earlier, which is well, how do you know when to quit and how do you know when to persist? Right? It's the yeah. it's it's the it's the exact same thing all over again. And the thing is, is there isn't going to be a simple answer. I mean, just like just like you know, all the quitting, all the persistence literature, you know, was eclipsed eclipsed by the, the quitting literature. And you know, the the reality is, the truth somewhere in between when it comes to when it when it comes to these sorts of things. You know, in some situations, you probably should have quit sooner. In other situations, yeah. you probably should have persisted. Uh, and in all future situations, you got to try to figure out whether it's the right time or lot but you, as you pointed out you know life experience does give you a pretty good sense you know can, you, can, you can give certain situations certain relationships the sniff test and you can kind of go uh you know i'm not sure certainties you know i'm not going to have certainty in this situation that's okay i'm happy to live with the consequences and i'm going to make this decision right now whether it's persist or, yeah. or quit and and you go yeah. with it yeah you got it so so back to our list of, of what to do so you had mentioned um you know, is it a big change or a small change? So I think define the scope. I think that's good. Um, define your motivation, um, why you're doing it, then create goals that uh, that support it. I think the next thing is the um, this this is where it gets hard now, which is set your set your mind to it. Um, and that again sound, may sound a little hokey, but it's actually really hard. So this is back to this persistence thing. So you you have to give it the old college try now. So now you've defined all these things and you, you have to persist for some amount of time before you can make a call so this is hard now now you got to set your mind um and of course there's things to help you do that um, and you should should seek those out so that can be um whatever support there is though because those could be support groups that can be training that can be a mentor um find out what and define very clearly what that support is going to be you don't want to do all this on your own um and then, and I want to, because I, I want to talk about these two things, because it, it grow, goes back to your persistence. Um, and then, what you want to do is start taking small steps. Um, there's a very good quote here, which is, "Enemy is not your time; it's inertia," which is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not you're not racing against time; you'll get there. But you're racing against uh, is is the idea that things will just grind to a halt. So you've you've set your mind, you have your goal, you got your support. Now you got to start taking these small steps. The key here is you take the small steps consistently. So it doesn't matter the size of step. That what matters is that you're doing it consistently and, and that you have persistence in that so that you're moving ahead to this goal. And, and at some point, you may learn enough to say, I'm going to make tweaks. I'm going to evolve it. I'm going to change it. But the worst thing that could happen is you go through all of this. You, make, you define these things. You define your target, and then you just don't execute on it. You just sit on it. Um, it's the, uh, you know, and then you start reading the papers months later. And you're like, wow, I, I was on the right track, but I missed my window. Yeah. And, and the commitment, I mean, the commitment thing is, is I think probably a central idea in, in all habit formation. I mean, things don't happen by themselves. And, uh, and, 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 and while goals are absolutely critical to figure out where you need to go, you know, 
you don't get there by having a goal. A goal just a goal is you know is like a roadmap to where <laughs> to where you need to end up, you know. But if you don't actually drive or still take a step on the path, you're not going to get there in the first place. And so so certainly ha- having some commitment. And it's funny, it made me think of just you know you know researching the addiction literature i mean if you're going to for example make a life-altering change like you know abandoning an, an addiction that you have uh whether that's an addiction to caffeine or an addiction to addiction to nicotine or 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 something else you know you're not going to stop being addicted to something just by continuing to do the exact same things today that you did yesterday and uh, and typically to initiate a significant change there needs to be a commitment to something like a quit date or or to a program that's going to help you to be able to, to 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 deal with your addiction or what have you so that notion of commitment setting your mind to it um is really a critical first step in kind of going from something that's just an idea or a fantasy and 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 making it a reality because you know really what a commitment means you know if you're to try to visualize this it's you know it's some date on your calendar that's x'd off that is the point in time in which you've committed to starting to change whatever it is that you're going to change right uh, you're 100 right and if i can add one thing in there that um uh for similar literature is to find yourself an accountability buddy right, um, right. we work well when we're accountable to someone um and in this kind of case, because we're structuring this ourselves, we can actually be flexible about it. So you you could be accountable to your next door neighbor. You could be accountable to your your brother, your best friend, or just a mentor or someone from work. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The whole idea that you find someone to be accountable to that's going to hold you to account, that's important, um, and helps you track along can make a, a very big difference. Yeah, and I guess that fits with the find your kind of your find support step. Um, you know, support can be people who actually literally support you in the process. People who are you know, let's say cheerleaders on the sideline, or people who can provide advice or or what have you. But that accountability piece is is critical. Like, I mean, anybody who's tried to start an exercise regime, you know, you, for those people, those strong willed people out there who can just you know turn on a new exercise regime in a in, in a heartbeat, kudos to you. Uh, but for for the, the the rest of us, the weaker ones, uh, you know, it's much easier if you have a buddy to go to the gym with, right? And yep. uh, and and I think that's true also in any other you know habit forming part of your life. You know, if you've got somebody there who's going to hold you accountable, because you know, if if you you know if you have to disappoint somebody, if you have to cancel, like let's say I've made arrangements with you, we're going to go to the gym tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Well, you know, canceling is not an easy thing to do. There's enough social pressure there that kind of keeps you motivated to just persist, right? Yeah. And, and that's it. And that's, that's kind of where it gets you. So, I mean, to, to, to bring this whole thing full circle, um, you know, reinvention is a, is a very cool thing. It can do, it can do a lot. It can, it can get you out of a slump. It can begin the next half, the next third of your life. Um, uh, and, uh, and it can be a very powerful thing. It's not a rite of passage, as you said. I think that's very important. It's not a necessity. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a complete reinvention. It can be things small. It can also be things small that that add up. But either way, defining the motivation and then being persistent and getting there, even if it's a journey, not never a straight line. All right. So that wraps us up for this session. We will have another one as we've been walking through this. It makes sense to have another discussion here on goal setting and a little bit more about motivation, since I think that's likely to be one of the key success factors of uh, of of 
getting your reinvention working. So we'll, we'll do that shortly. So as always, thank you all very much for listening. If you need to find us, we're at themamclub.com. There's a nice little contact us button there if, you, if there's any comments, feedback you have for us or a story to share. Thank you all very much. Big manly hugs to all.